This is an Audio Wool original. This episode of Fright Day is brought to you by Gates of Hell Chipotle Hot Sauce by Fright Day. Bold Chipotle flavor blended with habanero peppers for just the right burn. Kissed with garlic and passion fruit. Zero human blood, like none at all. Visit shop.frightday.com before the first batch disappears. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com slash frightday. Day, I'm your host Byron. Hmm. What happened to riding bikes, hopping scotch, and drinking out of hoses? In my day, kids made friends with other people, real human people, not just through tablet screens. But technology can be a tempting replacement following a traumatic and isolating loss, especially when that technology is a robot. We'll talk about that tonight. You know what I liked? I liked that you said in my day kids did this, not in my day I did this. Like you very how old I am separated yourself. And how out of touch this film made me feel tonight as we review yeah. Gerald Johnston's M3 Gen. Yeah. I'm joined tonight by Kelly. Um, hi. And uh, Sam can't make it because he's dancing in the hallway. <laughs> oh, is he? That would be a sight yeah. to see. He's actually doing a mashup of this and the Wednesday dance, and it's pretty, it's a sight to behold. It's pretty impressive. You're a lucky lady. Some would say. Yeah. We're live. Um, it's probably why you heard all the, the mutterings <laughs> before we started, because Kelly doesn't understand how a fucking show is run, and she's sipping on a what? An Odyssey hard cider. Seattle. Very nice. Good yeah. stuff. Uh, this is the, the first. Episode 340 is the first uh, live episode of the podcast we're gonna be doing this monthly i initially thought this would be a great idea because i don't have to edit it and it would be easier somehow but turns out kelly's yeah. com- coming in hot um yeah i don't know what you expected <laughs> i expected you'd do your job <laughs> i'm doing my job yeah i feel like all right well <laughs> uh someone else doing their job on the ones and twos joe rogan may have jamie but we've got ourselves a dentist <laughs> We'll take a Dennis over a Joe right Rogan here. and a Jamie any uh, day. He's going to be p- pushing buttons, running some soundboard, and switching switching cameras. So yeah, uh, Dennis, thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, really appreciate appreciate you. Yeah, um, a lot. And uh, I'm sorry in advance, uh, Dennis. Though Dennis, you might have seen him before. Dennis does Casual Fright Day with uh, myself and Jared Sayer uh, twice monthly now on this same channel, Twitch.tv slash Fright Day. So. Uh, so fun not on camera now though they don't invite me to that you're not doing much for getting one an invitation that is yeah you know Um, we're gonna be in this room like a week from now too so you better get your shit together the camera's weird it's hard to get used to. Quit looking at the video. I'm not looking at the video. I can't see the video. You can see, look at. Then why is, it, why is it weird? It's weird because I know it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I 
We're going to be on camera quite a bit uh, next week. <laughs> I feel like Sweet D and Always Sunny. I'm feeling very awkward. Feel Camp like Friday 3. Grow up. <laughs> February. It could be the big New Yorker pizza that you just ate. We slammed yeah, a slice. It could be. Very cold. Oh. Big New Yorker pizza. It was Luke. It wasn't cold. It was not warm. Um, Camp Friday 3, February 10th and 11th, 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time to 10 p.m. Are we doing that here? Yeah. Same setup. Same we setup. Dennis. Dennis, Dennis is going to be helping us out. I Party, can believe. I bring the kids? I think we could. I'm, I might be pushing the buttons. I don't know. He's just making faces <laughs> Dennis just me. made a terrible face. I don't know. That's okay. Puck and Creech can run the soundboard. We're good. I don't think your children are coming over here. There's too many I wires. Know. I feel like they do well with it. They're cables, pretty adept. Cables and wires. I don't think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm, you know. But what is a good idea? Joining us next week, February 10th and 11th, live editions of Byron's Serial Corner, Kelly's Cryptids and Conspiracy, mm-hmm. Cinema Autopsy. What did we decide for Cinema Autopsy? Should we announce that now? Nosferatu. Nosfer- is it Nosferatu? Yeah. Is that or Cabinet of Calabagories or whatever? Okay, you can't even say the name of the movie. I know. So I think that means it's Nosferatu. to learn about it. My vote was Nosferatu simply because there is a slightly more Valentine's-like element to it. And, uh, it's, it's romantic. It, it really is a classic. Everyone wants to fuck a vampire. Well, yeah, and you know we've got that new vampire flick coming out. So, uh, oh, Renfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we're doing. Uh, we've got some uh, some guests popping in. We've got a writers' yeah. room table read. I haven't locked in the film yet. That's okay. In fact, I've been getting questions about that from the people I've recruited for the table read. Yeah. But I just told them they're going to have to. The just people you deal recruited for. TVD. How many people are you secretly? Well, it was on this the street. I'm supposed earlier to be today, doing. and this I was is... just asking for volunteers. I got no. quite a few. Uh-uh. So much more. Mm-hmm. All from the comforting glow of your computer screen. And this year, folks, it's free. It is free. All you need to do Look is at us. go to Friday.rsvp. What's that stand for? You know what we say to inflation? We what's say, what? "Fuck you." We're going to make it free. <laughs> what's what's RSVP stand for? Uh, respond, see vous play. It's French. Very nice. Yeah. Romantic. I think the respond is actually whatever respond is in French, but I don't remember that. It's just the si vous play part that I remember. Si vous play. Is please in French. Isn't that way more complicated than please? No. Why? Come on. It is. I mean. Si vous play. you you cannot please we have french listeners you don't need to i don't think it's bad it's just more complicated all right well welcome back yeah uh thank you disney how was it oh so good it was so good it was really good i got my youngest to ride tower of terror with me three times that was really fun tall enough yeah she was tall enough for that we had to put um paper towels rolled up in her shoes to get her on the uh, Aerosmith rock and roller coaster and then we had to also hide what her from he, does Steven it say Tyler. going down as the hell as the, as the roller coaster it, it changes it changes the song so the whole the mm. idea of the ride is that you go into a sound studio and Aerosmith circa 1999 is recording a song mm-hmm. and oh, they're, they're the like recording oh studio. we gotta get to the show we gotta get to the show oh we can't leave these people here let's take you to the show and so <laughs> Wait, you're in a super stretch limo in the okay. dark zooming through LA highways. This is a ride. Yeah, it's the only ride at Disney World that goes upside down actually twice. But that has the highest height requirement and Puck was just like so an eighth of an inch under. So you wanted to risk her child's life yeah, by completely. putting paper towels in yeah. her shoe. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a family tradition. That's just what we do in our family. You cheat. Mm-hmm. And you lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know the story about me flying in that open biplane. I wasn't supposed to go in that. What is Almost she talking died. about? You remember that story? My dad, Silverwood, he took me up in that biplane and the seatbelt broke. Wait, there was a literal biplane? Do you not remember this story? 
know and you need to give the audience context if okay. you're going to say all this there stuff. is an old timey theme park that is about three hours west of where we live yes. that all of us have been to yeah silverwood theme yeah park. and back in the day it used to be a combination airfield with air shows and it. theme park okay yeah and back in those days you could actually take a ride in an old timey like red baron style open cockpit biplane Dude, okay going an actual plane? an actual biplane all okay. right and so I was like six and I went with my dad and they weren't supposed to let kids as young as me go, but my dad talked them into it. And so we went. So you had Benjamin Button. Yeah. He may have said that. I you don't think. 60 years old. That was a thing. So he Button. had to like explain about that movie that was going to come out 20 years down the road. Okay. But, calm down. You're, okay. Jesus so I get Christ. in the biplane and we go up and he does this trick where he turns upside down, except my seatbelt literally breaks and my dad is holding me inside the airplane. What a hoot. Literally just by that. So, you know, the whole rolled up paper towels in the shoe for Aerosmith rock and roller coaster. Doesn't we got to get to the show. Right? It is hilarious. That's and also cool. with all the context of current Steven Tyler shit, it's Wait. even more unsettling. Oh, we don't need to get into pop well, culture Well, no, I'm just corner. saying, like there's all this rumor that they're going to rebrand it, which they should have done Rebrand the ride. Well, yeah, because Disney can't be associated with the dude that screws the 16 year old and he like. He didn't just do that. He also oh, convinced yeah, it was the like, parents. He convinced It was much more R. Kelly-like. Yeah. To sign it was, over to it him. was almost exactly like Aaliyah. And if people don't freak out about it, then it really is kind of a racial statement, I feel like. Wow. I don't know. That's that's my hot take. But the, Disney overall. the real jam okay? was um, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Great. It's their newest ride. 360 degree roller coaster that's on like a flat track. It's all like magnetic stuff. So it's not, it's like the smoothest thing ever. And it goes in circles and up, oh, it was amazing. Rode that one a lot. It was a great time. 84 degrees when I got on the plane. It was really cold Negative here. four when I got off Whole here. Whole time. Monday night. Very yeah. cold. Yeah. It was good. It was good. How are you? Fine, I guess. Yeah? Yeah. Doing okay. I'm doing wonderful, actually. Yeah? I got the chance to watch another movie. I watched, uh, I watched this one twice now. I went oh. to the world premiere of it. Not world premiere. Theatrical. I was going to say in Missoula. First day, eh? just the first day. You don't day. say. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, <sighs> yeah, we're, and we're going to talk about that. First How of all, the crowd for that. Surprisingly, I'll, I'll talk about it. Actually, okay. yeah, okay. I think I think we'll That's we'll fair. talk about theatrical experience when we get to that spot. Right, because you didn't like the movie, so you want to be able to talk more about, about the experience. Oh, come on okay. now, come on now. That's all right. Uh, what, what did you have any thoughts? You, you didn't know. No, that was Dennis. Dennis didn't know about the balloons. Oh, I knew about the balloons. What's going on? So it's been an interesting week at our house because we got back from on or from Disney, and almost immediately after we got back, there was this kerfluffle that began uh, over a balloon, Chinese in nature, that was mm -hmm. flying over our country. Well, so Sam does specifically, this thing specifically our country. Well, yeah, like our neck of the country. So Sam does this thing that maybe a lot of other people do it seems weird to me but there's something where you can it's not like hacked or anything i think anybody has access to it but you can track all the air traffic in the country yeah. like there's some app and you can watch it and he has been obsessively looking at that for like the last two days and i don't know last night he was talking about how like there was this blank spot over the midwest which meant they had to be like had all these fighters out that just had their switch flipped off that were like following it around the in flyover country yeah 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 like that were like not flyover country right exactly exactly so as you would imagine or maybe as you wouldn't imagine because Byron was very surprised to hear this 
I was very hopeful until I saw pictures that this was a much more interesting situation than just a stupid weather balloon because we all know that sometimes when we hear about weather balloons, it's actually way cooler shit. Uh, but after seeing pictures and examining them closely, it appears to be It's a weather balloon. You thought it was balloon. a UFO. I really wanted it to be a, something a, better. A daytime UFO. I have been listening to the new Jeremy Corbell, George Knapp podcast, Yikes. and I was really fired up Weaponized. about that. And so I know. Don't say the name Weaponized. of it. Just call it the new George Knapp podcast. It's called Weaponized, Dennis. So, Sorry, it's nice to have you here. It was a bummer. <laughs> Great. Do you guys talk about like my stuff? What do you mean? When you guys do the Fright Day, the like uh, uh, casual yeah, uh, Fright Day with I don't, Dennis? I don't think so, actually. Don't, so, like, Dennis isn't, like, initiated into Dennis the alien shit? Dennis doesn't know what you're what doing. What do you know about aliens, De- Dennis? Well, he's not on mic, and we're oh, not going to... He's gonna... not on mic. <laughs> we, can't, we, can't, we can't converse with him. I don't know anything about aliens. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. That's... One of these days, we'll, we'll mic him up like Jamie, and he can push the, the talk button. I like that. I like uh, that. Like Jamie from Rogan, of course. I know. I, I figured I just as want much. to clarify. Back in uh, episode 28, <laughs> 29, actually, we covered the Maelstrom Air Force Base UFO incident. And we are revisiting it this year because there's much more to the story. Well, and it just so happens that this is the trajectory, the course that this balloon... Well, yeah, it obviously flew over our most sensitive nuclear weapons oh, facilities. Most sensitive nuclear weapons yeah, facilities? Yeah, but it did. I don't know about it most... It did. It's not most sensitive. Number four in the country. Yeah, so number four... Most sensitive. It flew over like eight fourth, of them. Fourth most sensitive. It flew over eight of them. So Jesus. clearly it's going to fly over ours. By the way, it came it, through Canada. Canada. Yeah. So like, yeah. It, it's not like it was dipping down into into like Nevada or something. Oh, no, it did go to Nevada. It did not. Yeah, it went south from us. No, it didn't. I just watched the trajectory. I watched the map. You sent, you sent me a picture of the map. Yeah, it didn't go. That had Nevada oh, highlighted. God, here she goes. Yeah. No, you sent it. it. You pull sent it, it. I'm pulling it up. All right, but uh, yeah, if you want to hear us talk about that. Did you see Nevada highlighted on that map? Show the camera. Do you, camera, or this camera, do one of you, Please don't ever make that noise. It's always too loud. It's always too loud. Okay, well, you just have to take my word for it that Nevada is clearly highlighted on the map. See, Byron, do you see that? Do you know which state is Nevada? Do you know what this is, Kelly? Those are just just maps of of Air Force bases. It says location of Chinese spy balloon. which is the red part. Yeah, at the moment. It came north and down. It went down. (laughs) Nope. No. It didn't do It might not have gone to I really thought that's what your map said. I didn't read it I didn't make the map. You sent it. You shouldn't send stuff that you haven't researched. Oh, I did research. You know it. where that leads. Episode twenty nine. Yeah. Maelstrom mm-hmm. Air Force Base uh, UFO incident. So check that out. We, yeah. It came out in June of two thousand fifteen. Well, and that was definitely a UFO and not a balloon. Maybe. Just, oh. Who knows? But uh, Kelly, oh I do God. know you've got a lot of catching up to do. And this is where I look at Dennis about a, a sound clip that we're going to be dropping here. Uh, these DVD copies of, uh, I, I don't have one. Let me think. Really? Yeah, I didn't prepare one. This... They're not going to put themselves so away. 50 for states? Probably. The joys of live entertainment. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, listen, it's not my genre, folks. I don't know a goddamn thing about living dolls or robots or AI. You know what I know about living dolls? Uh, what? That funny new show I've been watching, Dave. Oh, my God. There's a doll in that show. We, we got, Very creepy. we have just, we literally dipped a toe in the rec- right direction of our show. <laughs> 
I let you talk about Disneyland for the you, third week in a row. Okay, so first it's Disney World, and second, you asked. I uh, did. I followed your lead. Okay. Can we not talk about fucking Dave on Hulu <laughs> right now? Would that be okay? There's a creepy doll on it is all over. Great. Saying. Wonderful. How about you give me your staff pick? I'd love to give you my staff pick of the week. Should Are I you going to play the trailer for it first, Byron? So well, that we tell can us what it prime. is, of course, and why. This is 1988's Pin. <laughs> all right. Here we go. It's pretty creepy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think. Pin is the one and only friend Leon's ever had. The only one who doesn't care that Leon's different. No, but it looks like him. What? Must be crazy to be here tonight. I defended you. Boy, was I dumb. You never had secrets from each other. Only Pin knows Leon's darkest secret. Leon? Hello, Marshall. When someone hurts Leon, Pin hurts them. When someone tries to come between them, Pin won't let them. I don't think Aunt Dorothy will be staying with us for very long. What do you mean? Might take her a little while to feel the vibrations, but I think she will. Do you want to watch this whole trailer? Yeah. Don't you think it's good? If you want to get closer to Leon, you'll have to take care of Pin before Pin takes care of you. Is Pin a friend? Oh, please. Or an enemy? Only Leon knows. What have you done? Oh, it is. I think someone else is doing What have you done? It's real. What am I going to do? Pin, some friendships die hard. So, Byron, before I answer your question about what Pin is, I'm going to give you a little background on the movie. Okay. Okay. Uh, 1988. Great. It's based on a novel by Andrew Niederman, um, who also wrote Devil's Advocate. Have you not seen I don't know that Devil's one. Advocate? No. Al Pacino, Keanu Reeves, literally about the devil. Wow. Well, okay. It seems kind of boring, right? Isn't it a... I really wish I could talk to Dennis. I feel like he would add a lot to this conversation. <laughs> I don't think he would. Um, but it... the look at this guy, this guy doesn't know a goddamn thing. It was directed by Sandor Stern, who also wrote... The screenplay for the original Amityville Horror. Okay. okay. That's cool. And it, Pin is a teaching doll oh, from like a, a medical doll? facility. Yeah, a little bit, but like more anatomical pieces than just a CPR doll. Like oh. a full <laughs> medical, exactly. And Dennis's that comes into play too. eyes lit up. This yeah, guy. that's where the Dave reference came in, but I'm not supposed to do that. So no. Jonathan Banks, um, who incidentally plays Mike, from Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. Okay. Did he have He's, hair then? Yes, he did. Nice. But it doesn't matter because he was just the voice of Pin, so you okay. wouldn't know if he yeah, had hair or not. Um, it's a ventriloquist doll, but it more importantly has all the anatomical parts to serve as a teaching doll. This actually made Fangoria's 101 best horror movies you've never seen. 
I've never seen it. Well, so there you go. Perfect. It's, okay. It's added on the list. All right. So it's all about the these kids. Um, the damaged son specifically is kind of a, a bit like what the young girl from our movie tonight might mm-hmm. be like if there was a sequel. Uh, played by David Hewlett, who went on to become one of Guillermo del Toro's favorite actors. He's in Shape of Water, Nightmare Alley. You watched the Graveyard episode of uh, Cabinets of Curiosity? I don't know if I did. The Grave Digger, the Grave Robber with the rats? No. Oh, okay. He played the Grave Digger in that. Anyhow, the plot line is emotionally withholding father, Dr. Linden, who is played by Terry Quinn from Mm -hmm. Lost. Okay, so like lots of interesting people in this. Uses this creepy anatomy doll to teach his kids about bodily functions, etc. But outside of the weird birds birds and bees talks, he doesn't really interact with them at all. Um... And so he doesn't notice that his son is a budding sociopath. And this isn't much of a spoiler early on in the movie. Much like early on in tonight's movie, both the parents die in a car accident. Okay, that's like in the literally uh, yeah. the first 30 it's, seconds. It's not 30 seconds, two minutes maybe. Okay. Because it does open with a commercial. Oh, yeah, that's true. We'll Good, point. Good point. Good um, point. And it's about the evolving relationship with this very creepy doll. Uh, real interesting movie. Um Lots of up-to-interpretation stuff. Highly recommend. Definitely a lot of horror, maybe not royalty, but horror Well, Terry, Terry import Terry, connected to Terry it. Quinn is a horror guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stepfather before yep. he did Lost. Oh, yeah. I mean, Great he's in a ton of stuff. I just, you know, everybody knows him from Lost, and I'd given enough, so. That anyway. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, it's a good one, Byron. You should, you should check it out. Maybe I will. Have okay. you seen it? Yes. You have seen this? Not for like 10 years no. but yes okay. i've seen it it was pre uh podcast days pre podcast time i saw it i hardly recognize those times at this point me neither it's if like it's another like lifetime an endless mm. yeah cycle mm-hmm. you know yeah at this point well that sounds fun um not as fun as my selection though i doubt that let's hear it well this is 1991's dolly dearest mm. This is the doll your daddy's going to make in Mexico. And this is the factory where we're going to make her and sew her little dresses. Isn't she beautiful? Can I have one, Daddy? From the moment oh, wow. they met. I'm going to love her so much. Look at that doll. It was a fairy tale come It's the true. proper voice, guy. Good night, Dolly. Sweet dreams, Dolly. But this is where the fairy tale ends. And the nightmare begins. Dolly? You ready for it? Dolly? Play with this bitch. Dolly dearest. <laughs> that was not the trailer that came out in 1991. It was. What? Yeah. Yeah, they say the B word in 1991, Kelly. In trailers? Maybe. No, Actually, I don't no, think that's, so. That's a good point. I don't think they do. After Elliot, an American businessman, takes ownership of a doll manufacturing company in Mexico... Strange things start happening to his family. 
Most notably, his young daughter, Jessica, develops an unusually close bond with a doll she has found. The doll, possessed by an evil spirit, proceeds to terrorize the household and exert its influence on Jessica. Uh, can Elliot free his little girl from the doll's supernatural grip? I don't know. I mean, I see that Rip Torn is in it, which is exactly. the only reason I might buy it. So, and that, I thought that that would kind of go along the lines with the campy elements of the film we're talking about tonight. I can't sing any of the Freddy Got Fingered songs, can I? I don't. I don't know why you would. I mean, because Rip Torn. Rip Torn is he a major character in Freddy Got Fingered? Yeah, he's the dad. Oh, you're right. He is. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Are you sure? Byron, catch the fuck up. This is what I deal with. Why, it's a would, classic. why would that be a catch the fuck up? It's a classic. How the fuck would you not? First of all, it is not a classic. It is a classic. It is a cult classic at most. And I did see it on the weekend it came out with my friends and my mom. Yeah, that's, okay. That's very weird. It also stars uh, Denise Crosby from Pet Cemetery and also Deep Impact. Very nice. Hmm. Um it's pretty obviously just riding the child's play train, but that doesn't really matter to me because I don't really I don't care. Know. I'm not I don't care about lie. Chucky. The, I was going to say, like, my biggest problem going into tonight's movie was that I hate the child's play movies. Okay. So it went in with a bit of, like, a negative chip on my shoulder. Interesting. But that looked way... It, don't get me wrong. It looks terrible. I don't know about that. But it looks way better than child's play. I would I would be much more inclined to watch that than one of the Child's Play sequels that I haven't seen. That's really tough to say. I don't know. Bride, Bride of Chucky was really fun. I did like mm. that one. Sam tries to tell me that too. Well, it's it's. Uh, I mean, there's a semi truck scene that's just exquisite. But did, this did, film looks insane. But so why not watch it? I have not seen it yet. Wow, it must have traumatized the little girl because she basically did nothing after this other than a voice on the Land Before Time movies and then she pieced out and was done. Oh, wait, who was? The, 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 the girl? little girl, the girl that played Jessica. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was just doing some investigation there a little oh, bit. Oh, great. Well, yeah. and I do see in the chat, someone said that Dolly Dearest rules. So I... Well, that I, is a really... Great opportunity for convincing. me to say, if you have any questions for us, we're not going to answer them during the show, but feel free to... I'm not allowed to look at them. <laughs> because you'll be distracted i will be so it's true feel free to i mean talk amongst yourselves in the chat and also if you have any questions at the end we might we might answer some we might be doing a little q a at the end of these live episodes but yeah uh feel free go off in the chat sound off friends um and also uh before we lock up dennis i'd like to take a second to uh welcome and initiate some new members into the friday society good work wonderful job this guy over here that wasn't me i i know you did a great job starting the music okay yeah that's great um i feel like it's really loud but i can control it's that it's peaking yeah no it's not peaking it's great uh let's uh let's talk about two folks today uh evan j and sharon c hi evan and sharon it's fine it's off now it's off now dennis it wasn't. I, headphones. You didn't give me any headphones. I know you don't even. Why doesn't he have headphones? You want mine? <laughs> no, don't. You need the headphones. <laughs> you, can have them. Head. you can have them. Jesus Christ! What I is this? I can hear most things. Uh, we're we're working out the kinks, folks. I can hear lots of things. Everything's fine. Uh, Evan Are and Sharon. The, like, yeah, we're gonna do. In? We're gonna do the oath. I'm gonna have you raise your left hand and repeat after me. I state your name. Promise to dedicate my available time to the exploration and advancement of the frightening. 
It's now my responsibility. Did I tell them to repeat after me? You did. Good. To be an example of rational curiosity. I think you did. Sympathy and decency. You did. As I explore the macabre. Did you just throw like a weird R? Yeah. It's a, a silent R? It's a fancy macabre. Welcome to the Friday macabre. Society. Yeah. Uh, it's not a chupa. Evan and Sharon, welcome to it. Really appreciate you. And and if you want to be part of the Friday Society, it's pretty dang easy. You just go to the FridaySociety.org where you can sign up it's just 666 a month and you get access to over we should clarify that that's $6.66 not $666 though Great. if you would like to pay us $666 you can it's fine do that uh yeah, bonus episodes of Captain Kelly's Crypts and Conspiracies by mm-hmm. Richard Corner the Writers mm-hmm. Room Toasted Host PM with Wine Kelly both mm-hmm. of our Camp Fridays so that's mm-hmm. uh, three four five hour uh, live streams from mm-hmm. Camp Friday's previous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we are nearing episode 100 of Behind the Screams, the show behind the show. That's the weekly bonus show that we do for this as well. So uh, join up. Uh, lots of reasons to do that. Thefridaysociety.org. Check it out. How do you think we're doing so far with the live thing, Kelly? I mean, other than you not remembering that Rip Torn played Freddy's dad, I think we're doing well. I only actually know him from uh, the jackass films where he enthusiastically throws like confetti and glitter after you don't remember him from the men in black films not really is he good what in the, the men fuck? in black films yeah right. can i do the show with dennis instead you probably could if you'd like no don't touch me dennis <laughs> jesus christ get away yes uh on that note folks it's time to uh, to, uh, to, to review feature film called megan I'm really glad you didn't do the weird three thing again. What does that mean? You did it at the top of the show. You said May 3. Oh. Because <laughs> it has a three. Yeah. 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 here this evening now on with the show m3 gen is the 2022 american science fiction horror film directed by jared johnstone written by akella cooper from a story by cooper and james wan who uh, produced this alongside james wan m3 gen is a marvel of artificial intelligence intelligence a lifelike doll that's programmed to be a child's greatest companion and a parent's greatest ally. Designed by Gemma, a brilliant roboticist, and Thregan. Oh, I'm, God. I feel like I'm saying that wrong. Can listen, watch, and learn as it plays the role of friend and teacher, playmate, and protector. When Gemma becomes an unexpected caretaker to her eight-year-old niece, she decides to give the girl a Megan prototype a decision that leads to unimaginable consequences Jared Jared, do you know much about this guy no director it's been a long time actually since we've talked about this Kiwi Kelly eight years almost to the day really yes I love Kiwis Uh, this is from New Zealand on screen after twice winning the 48 hour film contest do you know what those are 
48 hour film contest 48 hours to make a movie yeah i love it yeah i did uh, i participated in one in los angeles with a, a photographer friend of mine it was actually kind of a cool experience Sounds super fun actually yeah. uh but uh, yeah jared jared uh used some of the prize money from winning one of those to make a pilot for a comedy and this project went nowhere biscuits but tv3 which i imagine is a new zealand like channel that's five or whatever the bbc stuff is mathrigan came from oh interesting uh tv3 went on to screen two seasons of his award-winning comedy called the jack jackie brown diaries nope got nothing on that in 2014 however kelly his first movie came out a horror comedy called housebound Oh, remember that thing? Yeah, I do. covered it in episode eleven of the yeah. podcast. Isn't that funny? I clearly did not dig into the director yeah. here. That's why I wrote the stuff out. Thanks, B. We're all learning Appreciate together. It. It, that film uh, garnered wide, wide acclaim in the United States, and it actually got the attention of James Wan at that point. Uh, but for better or for worse, hmm, in 2016, John Stone is it Johnston? How do you say a word like the stone. John Stone? He rebooted mm-hmm. a, a 1980s series called Terry and the Gun Runners, and the show uh, it did okay, except it was judged to be too mature to screen in a children's slot. Oh, uh, August 2017. Why didn't they just screen it in a non? I don't know why they didn't do that. But uh, so he, he in 2017 was supposed to be in the running to direct a Warner Brothers film. Uh, Dark Universe, which <coughs> is that like DC or something? I don't know what's Dark Universe, but he ended up just uh, polishing the script, doing a rewrite on that. But hmm. remember when I said him and James connected? Yeah. Uh, they uh, decided to uh, work on this film together. Yeah. M3GAN. And remember, we talked about this during our our, uh, our James Wan retrospective a little bit, yeah. uh, because uh, that's his wife, Akila. Is it her? How are you saying her name? Really? That's uh, James Wan's wife. You don't who wrote say. the script for this thing. Hmm. Now, why are you making that noise? Well, because there were some things about the movie that weren't bad, but I don't think those things were the script. You think it was a pretty well-written story? No, I think the script is bad. bad. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry, that was like well, a triple negative. So, yeah, I think yeah, the script wasn't great. Can we... One of my favorite parts was the way that the movie started, though. Can we just start there? Yeah, wonderful little commercial for a Furby type thing. Yeah, so here's the really interesting thing about oh, that. But, but I did see this in the theater on opening night. You did ask Which me a question. Great. Yes, you did. How was the crowd? Sorry. Yes. Young. Yeah. Mm. Terrified. Terrified this 30-some-year-old gentleman. Oh, I thought you meant they were terrified. No. I was like, wow, kids are getting <laughs> They weak were these certainly days. not. But I was worried that it was going to be one of those packed, like, laugh-riot type situations. Mm-hmm. Fairly respectful. So it was like a stoner crowd. No, just like young dudes with chicks yeah. and Maybe they were stuff, just all stoned you know? and quiet. I don't, I'm, I'm like, on I pills don't know. or something. They don't, mm. they don't smoke stuff. They vape well, it or they pill it. I, I guess. Is that, like, the thing these days? Yeah, I think so. Really? <laughs> I don't know. Huh. Well, I'm glad that they didn't ruin it for you. Well, I'm glad. Because it ruined it for itself. Okay. No, I actually really didn't even dislike it <laughs> that much. How many times can we say this movie's bad no, and then, I actually and then don't backtrack even think, it immediately? Like. I think, I, I, I actually don't think it's that okay. bad. 
Akella, though, she's a screenwriter, uh, notable for writing or working on, let's see, film. She wrote Hellfest in 2018. Nope. Worked on Malignant, which we covered for the show, of course. That was the James Wan blank check film where mm. he just kind of got to do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but also has written scripts for both The Nun 2, which is slated to come out later this year, mm. as well as M. Thregan 2.2.0. Yeah, weird. That's a witty way to no, name I, a sequel. Well, I was hoping they would just stick that number two somewhere else in there. Mtugan, maybe? Matugan. I don't know. <laughs> I think that could be cool. That sounds like a pirate name. <laughs> right. Yeah, you um, spent too many, too many I days. I did ride in... Pirates of the Caribbean a lot. Of course you did. Um, <sighs> it opens with a really interesting ad, like you said. Yeah. Byron, it's, for a, it, it's a for a Furby-like Furby creature. Kind of Here's the thing. I got basically that exact thing for my daughter for christmas hmm. like almost you didn't ex- buy your daughter a pooping toy did you no it doesn't poop good Thank god, god no but like gross. it's a little it's supposed to be a pet because she wanted a dog gross and we were like no we're not getting you a dog yeah and so we got this little furry like electric thing instead and a furry electric do you know what it's called what are you talking um, about per it, it's Toy shockingly similar to Furby. the name on the commercial. That's okay. all I can remember. Well, let's talk about the commercial, though. I feel like it, it did a good job of setting the tone for the film. Just like being a little bit over the top, elevated, silly, funny. Uh, which wasn't really what I expected from this. When I initially heard last year, I think we were talking about this in our wrap up. We're like, we're getting an Allison Williams film that she's producing. Sorry like, to interrupt. It, it's called What the Fluff Purr God, and Puff. I think I quit. No, the show. no, What the Fluff Purr and Puff. I think I quit. Literally. And so that ad was an almost exact replica of the ad when for these you, things. When you decided to have kids, I feel like you were like, I'm going to be a wooden block mama. I did. They have wooden blocks. I did that. Uh huh. The child was crushed that we weren't getting her a dog. We'll get her a stuffed animal. So she you know, has doesn't need 300. to light up and talk. So the thing, we got this thing for her and it died within like two weeks. Yeah. And so now we had to get another one. And now we have two of these fucking things in my house. And after watching this movie, I'm like, I don't think I can have these in here anymore. I think it's time to they get rid of them. They creep me out. I don't like them. Uh, but Allison, what did you think? Do you remember that discussion? Yeah. Or something, because like Allison has a great track record. She started off with Get Out. She in, commands in the some respect. Because, I mean, girls, I watched most of it, didn't watch the final season and a half, maybe. But I thought she was wonderful in that. Yeah. Nepotism or not, let's, she's, God, she does a good job. Let's not always say. I know. No, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying just, that like there's. A lot of people have been talking about that lately. With I know. Her, and and I, think I think she's earned her own way, kind of. Well, I also think that like it's not crazy to think that talent might be something connected it's to. It's genetic. Like a parental line, right? Like if you grow up with parents doing those types of things, it makes sense that you might be more inclined to do them yourself. When you're pretending to be shot at by Afghani troops. That's true. That's true. Pretty good at I forgot about that. Brian Williams, of course. Yeah. News anchor. What does her mom do, I wonder? Let's focus. Okay, so she was good, and and this movie made me think it was going to be fine because she was in it. I will say what... I was going to say the perfection in Get Out. The perfection yes. was a, an interesting step. That was such a weird horror film. I loved film. it. I loved it. But like, it, I, I don't even know how to describe that film. Is it, is it like highbrow, lowbrow? Because it's like gross out, but like focused on like like 
uh, classical music. Like, you know, it, I it's think really it was interesting just, film. I think up until this point, the horror that she had done was very unique, like uncharted territory horror. Sure. And yeah. this was not clearly uncharted territory, no. which is why Byron and I had no difficulty finding staff picks for tonight because there are lots of movies that follow a similar theme. What I will say is the tone of the movie set itself immediately that it did not take itself seriously. 100%. And I think that really helped for me because had this movie taken itself seriously, I would have hated it. But I think that it recognized that it was... It walked an interesting line during yeah. the trailers, though, because like you see that quick clip of the dancing Megan. And Which, you're like, what the fuck is this? Right. And then she runs like an animal during that yeah. one part. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I had no idea what the real Megan film was going to be because like a trailer yeah. can make a film look like whatever it yeah. wants to, you know. It's true. It's true. Um, so, however, little girl <laughs> so going skiing with her face. parents, they get hit by a truck, and the parents die, and she survives, and she has to go live with her aunt. What did you just say? I was just giving the premise yeah, but, at but the beginning. Should, Caddy is her name. Y- young Sorry. girl. Yes, Caddy. <laughs> Violet McGraw's the actress that plays Caddy. Yeah. And she's up on a tablet, mm-hmm. intensely focused. And has one of these fucking purry She did have robot one of the toys. Yeah, yeah. In the back, which that probably hit harder with me than it did with you. But the implication was that that pet also died in the oh, car accident. I didn't even think about that yeah. because it's not a real pet. Caddy. Right, right. But yeah. I thought of it because when the one died at our house, when Tamika sure. Flynn kicked the bucket we had to get a new one so young girl's in the back uh and she her parents are trying to get her off her tablet and yeah they are and they're having, also fighting with each other yeah bickering a little bit but they're on a family vacation they're trying to go skiing top and, of a mountain yeah but the snowstorm blocks their view and unfortunately a truck does smash into them yep um, real fast killing mom and dad yep gone and uh gemma aunt gemma Mm-hmm. For some reason, steps up to take custody of of Caddy. So this was the first part that I was like, "What the fuck are you like, doing?" She's here? getting interviewed, or pardon me, she's on a phone call with one of her friends explaining the situation, which like the exposition left quite a bit to be desired. Yeah. But sh- her friend says, "Well, what about his parents? The grandparents? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're in Florida. They're kind of weird. I don't know. Kind of weird." Like, okay, like, don't get me wrong. I make judgments about Florida, too. Well, I don't think that that was really attached to this, was it? It could have been. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it was definitely a, a snowflakey liberal Seattle I guess vibe that's to it. true. Yeah. Which I also am much more akin to. But I would just say it made no sense that she wouldn't at least have a conversation with the fucking grandparents. Like, that's just weird. Why would you when she immediately died, she dismiss the idea? She didn't she want to do didn't this. She didn't want a kid. I had no idea. At all. That, that's where the movie is just like. And then the weird dialogue with the psychologist that comes in to see if Katie's doing okay. Like the questions that she asks Gemma don't make any sense. Like, were you close with your sister? That has no relevance. Like, why does okay. that fucking matter? Well, I mean, the whole thing I, that, was no, very weird. Why does that matter? I think it kind of matters. If, if the aunt has a relationship with the parents, if they're going to take the kid, like you don't want a fresh like. Well, but that's, they're not even deciding whether she'll take the kid. She's already decided she'll take the kid well, unless the woman deems it's not a safe environment. Yes. And in that case, then the, but the then safe would go to the grandparents. Right. But the safe environment has nothing to do with whether she was close to her sister. It has to do with whether she's a shitty guardian or not. Well, maybe they're talking about emotionally safe, Kelly. 
Well, clearly it wasn't. Um, introduction to two characters at this point. The neighbor of, uh, oh. of uh, Gemma, who yeah. I think is played really oddly, uh, very one-dimensional, a neighbor who just has a barking dog. And that is truly the only thing that these people ever talk about. It's yeah. A misbehaving neighbor dog. They didn't waste time on that. I mean, I feel but like they, it But it was... comes back three or four times. It's, it's a repeat thing. Do you know what this woman's largest acting resume is the neighbor yeah power rangers she's done like every power rangers thing ever wonderful who knew (gasps) oh wait i think i is are we talking about Lori dungy yeah we sure are oh wow okay freaking weird eh anyhow yeah she was just the bitchy neighbor with an overly aggressive dog i actually don't think she was the bitchy neighbor and i think her dog was totally fine i think allison williams character was a bitch she's like i'm gonna kill your dog okay can we stop for a second of course when now don't get me wrong i didn't feel bad for megan but when megan put her arm through the fence to get a freaking toy wooden arrow yeah and, and the dog why we, literally we really need to jump attacked over. her. This dog was that dog was not an okay dog to have. Oh my god! But would you ever threaten to have someone's dog killed in casual conversation the day you bring your new your new no. daughter? No, not daughter. I'm not, but I'm not saying Gemma was a, a great person. Gemma sucked. The neighbor sucked too. The neighbor fucking That's sucked. That's fine. That's fine. The neighbor sucked. Gemma sucked. The boss sucked. Most of the people in this movie, I was totally fine with remember, them dying. And I think that well, let's come on. <laughs> Can you, like, slow down? There were lots of bad people. Yeah. Part of my problem with it was I wasn't sure if I was actually supposed to feel bad when certain things happened. Well, that's the thing, though, is Gemma immediately complains about someone's, like, the chemicals from her gardening going down her driveway. I just feel like we're supposed to establish at at that point that it was not Seattle. It was Seattle. Was it? It was was shot in Seattle? I mean, it was supposed to take place in Seattle, whether it was shot or not. I don't think they ever said that. The license plates were Washington, and it was a tech center, so it was definitely supposed to be Seattle. I'm just saying. I pay attention to details. I guess so. The right details, Mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. The context was important. Gemma sucks. And I think that that was established. She was just a very selfish, like, tech genius i mean like in the context of her just doing her thing i'm sure she was fine but when you're supposed to be taking care of a child yeah she sucked character number two though that was introduced that i think they threw away a lot of like what potential they could have had with this character was the therapist yeah uh there's no real i mean a spoiler alert there's no like full circle moment where the therapist has any sort of breakthrough or does anything to help like no but i think that there's a pivotal scene involving the therapist uh, my guess is that there was an extension of that scene that I, ended up on I the cutting room floor true. but that scene i thought the therapist was an important component of okay personally uh Gemma, though she's she works at the company that makes the little furby things yes but she's working on something much bigger yes which is a m3 again uh, yeah <laughs> uh Actually, technically, she isn't even working on that yet. She's secretly working she's working. On no, she's working oh. on some kind of a project. And then in her efforts to avoid her niece and work in the back of her house, her niece eventually sneaks into her workshop. They have to have a it's conversation. A, it's literally a room down the hall. And that, that scene drove me nuts. And maybe I'm nitpicking on this movie. Gemma sits down with Caddy to be like, okay, Caddy, today I have to go to work. I'll just be down the hall. Okay, so that as somebody like, who works at home, no, that actually is kind of a big deal. So if you are doing work and you've got kids in the house, that was one of the few points where I was like, okay, she's not being totally but shitty. But she's like 12. Yeah. Why like, can't you say, hey, I'm going to be down the hall. Do you want to watch TV while I work? 
she's not 12 she's eight okay first of all okay and second of all kids should not be left alone that long even if it's just you're in another part of the house working like that's just shitty well then why didn't she just go away for a little bit and then come back i just was a bad person i think this whole thing it just felt i mean maybe that's that part didn't bug me it's campy the whole thing is just campy and like i don't know it just it felt unrealistic that's all but that's what this movie yeah, i mean is. it was yeah remember it's it's been compared to child's play we're not exactly. dealing with hyper realism okay yeah it but don't defend it please well i do think those parts of it made sense but i also think that Gemma. it was very clear she should not have been the guardian to megan 100 percent. and it was much more of a pride thing than it was an actual giving a shit thing well like she's somebody who's used to succeeding clearly and like you think she's trying to win it at raising yeah caddy yeah like she considers it like a personal failure if she has to hand the kid over to the grandparents okay. because she's good at all the things she does or is that 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 i don't think that was, was very clearly explained but maybe not maybe not that that was definitely my take on it just because she's this competitive she's very competitive and very successful and smart at what she does well, she but doesn't do it alone she does it with kurt and tess her fun co-workers yeah and this new idea Cole and tess pardon me this new idea that comes yeah poor kurt this new idea that comes up actually is transformed into something feasible by katie's suggestion they're mm-hmm. working on trying to come up with a very huge leap in toy technology this trio at this tech company mm-hmm and katie suggests something using one of Gemma's old projects from college which then eventually takes the form of megan i feel like those things were completely separate i think that she was working on the thing in her workshop independently from megan maybe i just misunderstood that i could have i thought that she, the thing that she was working on blew up she was re- she was trying to figure out how to kind of start from scratch with it and that's well, when be- katie brought up whatever the hell that robot was was it bruce i don't think bruce was brought up until the very end no bruce that's definitely not true bruce was brought up when there was an initial failure of megan mm-hmm. when before megan um became megan when megan was just like literally the robot structure yeah and caught fire this was before Gemma even got. But I thought, um, I thought Katie. Gemma Gemma didn't even. I thought the robot in Gemma's workshop was only controlled by her. It wasn't an active robot. No, but with like thinking, like processing. So what happened was Katie showed up right after that first iteration blew up, and their boss was all pissed. Yeah. Um, because they weren't supposed to be working on it anyway. And so this is why she was tinkering in the back of her house and said, sorry, Katie, I really have to work today. Katie came in and saw what she was working on and then looked at Bruce and asked Gemma about Bruce. Then they started working on Bruce together. And the ideas that Katie was bringing up with reference to Bruce were what inspired Gemma okay. to essentially create It has been Megan. about a month since I've seen this. And yeah. 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 So it was like basically the ironic part of it for me was that megan would not have come about were it not for katie's contributions which is what turned because Gemma's Wait, so what disconnected technology did she i'm just confused because the robot that they had was the intention was to make it what it is right like um originally it was just supposed to be this wildly advanced toy of some sort but the whole framework for it and that was what really i think made Gemma the biggest 
villain for a big portion of the movie. Okay. The whole framework for the toy became capitalizing on Katie's trauma. Sure. And that's where the idea for the specific Megan manifestation of this advanced robotic toy came from. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was driven into the form that it was because it came from these ideas that Katie was throwing out. Now, obviously, Katie didn't write the tech for it. But no. like Gemma was trying to figure out where to go with it. Katie really liked the idea of this Bruce that was kind of like had been a friend to Allison, pardon me, to Gemma when Gemma was in college. They talked about it. And that was the night that Gemma like sat down and worked through all this stuff because Katie had said these things that really inspired her about, oh, it needs to be a friend. It needs to be this. And then the I whole hope, I hope you're right about that because I don't I am, remember I, any of that. I promise I'm 100% I don't, right I don't remember it. her hanging out with Bruce because. Yeah, no, I, th that's why Bruce came in in the end. That's why Bruce played such a Bruce pivotal wasn't, role in Bruce was only controlled by someone else the entire time. I, I don't think you should be wasting time on this because I promise you I'm okay. right. I watched it today. That's so, fine. Yeah. So basically, the way that it transformed was Gemma was just trying to dig herself out of a hole with her boss, and she had already wasted all of this money. This was the prototype she came up with, and the only way she was able to sell it was with its specific tie to Katie. Okay. I mean, the whole duration of the movie while they're marketing this to their bosses, this is going to be the next big toy that everybody wants. What was ironic about it was the only real success of this Megan prototype was wildly specific to Katie because its entire development and its pairing, but also the way that it was built and the way that it was succeeding and impressing everybody was so specific to Katie's situation that in addition- I don't think that that's true. I think she spent time with the robot. That's how it worked. It wasn't coded to exactly- help katie it was i think yeah maybe i'm just not communicating it clearly enough what i'm saying is the only reason that there was anything to present that there was anything viable from a was marketing standpoint katie was, was katie's trauma, trauma. it yes. was all it was all completely dependent on katie's trauma and the way that megan was performing and impressing everyone sure. was tied 100 percent to katie's trauma can we so talk we, about ronnie ching who played her boss david real quick yeah who was he because he's a really bad actor terrible so he's a correspondent for the daily show Oh, God, he was so bad. I'm sure this. he's great at The Daily Show. I'm sure of it. I'm looking at Dennis. He's going, yeah. Nah, he's actually saying, nah. He's Nothing. saying mid. He was really fucking bad in this. He was terrible. I, I was just noticing he wasn't really acting. He was just kind of waiting for his turn to say his line. Like, he wasn't listening to anyone. It, and it was, like, none of the roles were super well-developed, but his was the most yeah. blatantly two-dimensional, like... Yeah. So bad. I mean, if we're looking for info drops, he was behind most of them. Like him and Gemma talking back and forth were like every exposition moment. Yeah, this. that's true. That is true. Uh, but terrible performance. Just really rough. Well, and certainly Gemma's desire to impress him made her see past all of the horrific trauma that she was, you know, multiplying for Katie. Yeah. By essentially manipulating her for the purpose of this work project. Well, she, yeah, she's basically, what she wanted was more time to keep focusing on her career. So she built Megan to raise Katie for her. It's kind of what, I mean, it's kind of what happened. I think that was a byproduct. Well, but, what do but, you think yeah. her goal was? I think her goal was to make up for the $100,000 that she had spent trying to, to develop work. a new toy for yeah. her boss. And this was a way to develop something that was really going to impress him. And she could double that like level of impression by 
connecting it to Katie. And in fact, the first he's really gross and he feeds into that Who, emotional stuff too. Yeah, because the first time he sees um, Megan and Katie interact, he says, Is that the script? chairman of the board, whatever, he's like, that's what we need to do. We need to make it emotional. And that's what we need to do to get those guys on board. And then Gemma's like, yeah, you bet. And like Can doubles down. Can we talk down. about real quick an introduction of the other character that I think was completely underutilized or minimized in this? Which one? The assistant. Oh, Kurt. 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 Yeah, and he actually wasn't a shitty actor, so it would have been he better to have more. Yeah. Well, but for some reason, they approached this angle of him having like one a, a desire to to like share the secrets of the company. Right. Like to that make was money. a plot that I was like, where the fuck did that go? And then it that went guy's nowhere. Just waving as he fades out down yeah. the end of the road. And then, it made no sense. Absolutely. I so guess if the therapist and him were completely underused in this. Well, and because obviously I'm sure there were tons of scenes with them that were cut, they should have just been cut way more. Cut them all. Right. Just because, have him be like a head nodding assistant. Right. If you that's don't what need we're going to do. That part of the story because that was 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. That could have been cut to make it a lot better paced, I think. Yeah. I thought that was completely ridiculous. Yeah, that was. I mean, he was good though. He was much better than the boss. I would have rather had him on than the boss but yeah the story went nowhere my girlfriend thinks that he's gonna come in did he die that he might be a part two in I'm megan trying two to remember in the shot whether he did or not what's funny did i do something on the no. screen i did i just had a, a, a silly cut to kill him. okay good you you're impressed by your own work over here thanks dennis wonderful stuff much appreciated oh, okay much appreciated so yeah i uh i guess that's a good um well let's think how much more of this would you we got to talk about megan okay can we as a character yeah, so she's creepy as shit, and okay. anybody that thinks that she's ever going to do anything other than evil at the end of her trajectory is an idiot. So like, the, you 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 support her in the dog scene when oh, yeah. wh what went on the other side of the fence that that Katie was reaching over for that I called Caddy for like the first half of this episode, which is weird. I just it's C A D Y on this. Yeah, see, this is what happens when you're old like me and you watch everything with subtitles. Yeah, you associate the written parts yeah. very easily. Um, no one's named fucking Caddy. Am I an idiot? Yeah, yeah. This is why it's worth the 20 bucks to stream it at home with the subtitles. <laughs> That's true. I, I love subtitles. There was an article in the Washington Post the other day about why is everyone watching things with subtitles? I've heard that it's actually because people are talking differently. <gasps> it, oh, yeah, like interesting. It, did you just read the headline? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. So you were going to tell me the no. reason. No, no, I don't have time not. to read that. I have to read stuff about... You just go, I read in the New York Times. I have to read stuff about the Chupacabra. I don't Wonderful. have time to read. Spoiler alert. And it alert. was the Washington Post. It wasn't the New York Whatever. Times. Whatever. They're both failing. Okay. Yeah. This dog, she reaches through just to get... Now, Megan A toy is, or something. Megan's right? off to do evil things, obviously. But yeah. in this action, all she's doing is reaching through a hole in the fence to get a toy that we're fell through the We're talking about Katie did. I, no. Megan no. reaches through. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because... And yeah. It's like a foot in and the dog immediately grabs her arm and starts ripping it off. Like, that's not okay. I actually think it was the it was Katie's arm that got bit first. No, it wasn't. I, Byron, I you literally, need... I'll pull up the scene. It, her, she has blood all over her arm. Byron, I really need you to stop arguing with me because this is all stuff that I promise you. Yes, Katie gets bit too. Yeah, when did she get bit? Because she goes in to try and help save yeah, Megan. And then she gets her arm pulled in. And it's the only scene that I think... I'm, t I'm telling I'll just, you. I'll just let it go. and The audience can then tell Byron how wrong he is because it's, it's getting fine. exhausting. No, I will pull up the scene right now. I have it. Don't worry about it. Keep talking. So Megan puts her arm through the hole 
and this dog immediately, like completely unprovoked, uh-huh. really does try to rip Megan's arm off. Yeah. Pulls Megan all the way through the fence. Had Megan been Katie, it would have been Katie who that happened to. It was completely not okay. I'm not, no one said it was okay. But my point is, it wasn't, like that dog and that neighbor, they were very bad. Like they okay. were bad characters. It was not like an okay thing. I'm not saying Gemma was a good neighbor, but that neighbor and that dog... And I'm a huge animal lover. The I'm dog just... should not have been killed. The dog should have gone somewhere else. Why do you care about this dog so much? Because it's it's a sad thing and the dog shouldn't have... Oh. No, keep watching. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to pull off the scene. Okay. You already went past it. Um, no, I didn't. Yeah, yes, you, I did. you went way past I it. Did. Um, <laughs> I did. So I... I just think that most of the characters in this movie, the dog situation was the first one, but then also when... Gemma's maybe making a bit more of an effort to try and get Katie some normalcy and wants to send her to school, takes her to the school and you immediately, oh my God, being from Missoula, which sometimes feels like a mini Seattle. Dennis, have you seen this? No. Damn it. Why would Dennis watch Mim Fregan? I don't know. So he, they go to this introduction for this school to see if it's a good fit for Katie. And Whose arm is this? Whose arm is this real quick? Hold tight arm pulled yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's after Megan. i know but that's what i said <laughs> i said you said megan you said katie's arm got pulled through first and katie i didn't arm was say first that, okay you did and it's it's recorded but there's it's no fine. point arguing about it's it. fine oh my god that's yeah. exactly what you said i don't know why you're angry <laughs> because you're arguing with me over the dumbest stuff that's exactly what you said. I promise. No, I said this was... And okay, I, the whole, regardless. Hold tight, though. Hold tight. This is... The only reason that I wanted to bring this up is this is the scene where I thought that this girl did probably one of the best acting moments in this entire thing. That's the only reason I wanted to bring it up. Right. And I said she did get bit. It was because she okay, was going after is, Megan. Okay. And you said, fine. no, she wasn't. I don't know why I said no, she wasn't. So let's okay. just move on. Okay. I don't know why you're angry. Well, because you keep, you keep nitpicking and arguing with me over all of it. I don't get I it. I don't think I was. Okay. Okay. So I think that this scene shows that that character, like who gives a shit what happens to the neighbor? The neighbor's a bitch. And then we go to the school introduction and like the kid there is clearly a sociopath. Like, are we supposed to feel bad for what happens to that kid? Because I don't feel bad for the fact that he was literally bullying and hurting Katie. And yeah, what do you think the point of that whole sequence was? Like why? Who are, are we supposed to be rooting for Megan at this point? Like, like I mean, I don't. I wasn't rooting for Megan. It was just more a point of curiosity. Like, okay, I don't really care what happens to this kid. Like, oh, she ripped his ear off. Cool, that's great. He, like, he's not just some poor kid that is dealing with some issues. Clearly, he's a fucking sociopath. And then listening to his mother talk about him, which, oh my god, the number of times I've had conversations like that with parents, mm-hmm. it was very clear that like this kid is going to go on. Like Megan even says something to him at one point, like, uh, "Bad boys like you grow up to be bad men," and she's she's right. Like she's absolutely yeah. right. So I don't know how we were supposed to buy into. Megan being evil. I will say that that was the only scene in the movie that even remotely creeped me out was when she was running like a weird animal through the woods. I, I thought, thought that was really I thought really the, the look that she did after the fence moment was really good when she's all disheveled looking at the neighbor. I thought that was kind of cool and fun. Oh, and like you knew that she was going to kill the dog then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, I, I just, I, di- I don't think I expected to be scared, so that didn't really bother me so much because okay. going in, it wasn't like a scary movie, but... 
I think we're we're supposed to have like a slow a slow roll, uh, like a moral shift with Megan, because like I think that for a while Gemma is the villain. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and Megan's supposed to be the friend helping out Katie. Yeah, and making up for the bad things that Gemma's doing, and then eventually Gemma wakes up and starts realizing. Yeah, and I mean she does take all take all these steps to try to remove Megan from Katie and be like shut her off. Stop I guess it. that that's one place where the psychologist does play a role because she's yeah. the person that Gemma eventually listens to when she's like, I don't think this is good. Like, it's really impressive, but I don't think it's a good sure. thing. And that it seemed to be because I remember expecting that scene Gemma to be like, whatever, but she actually seemed to take it in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when she also pivoted with the work element of it. Like, oh, maybe it isn't a really good idea well, the, for this to be pushed out. The scene the where she tries to take Katie to that outdoor school mm-hmm. that we talked about with the ear pulling off and the running through the woods. Mm-hmm. Like she intended to take Megan into work that day to do like a software update. Oh, she was update. just going to leave Katie there. Yeah, leave her at school. Okay. Well, it's, <laughs> She's taking her to school. No, she wasn't taking her to school. She was taking her to a school orientation, which yeah. is very heavily... A parental involvement thing. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if I thought that that was necessarily a bad thing that she was. I mean, I, you could take that either way. Yeah. But I think it was at that point, it was kind of one more like, oh, okay, well, maybe if it's not good to have the doll watching her, then maybe I can have these people watch her instead. Like, sure. I think I think at that point she had turned where she's like, I need to do something to fix Megan. Because didn't they have the confrontation at dinner time the night before? I don't remember if that happened before or after. Yeah, I can't remember that's that. That's tough to say. But I think that that was when the shift happened, though. She was certainly trying to remove Megan from Katie a little bit at that point. And, yeah. And the, the, the teacher at that's like, oh, she can come if she sits by the backpacks or whatever. Right, right. Which, of course, that's not going to happen. So. Right, right. Just, just like every single moment in this movie, though, doesn't really work logically the same way as reality does. Well, and that's kind of what makes it campy and fun, I suppose. But is yeah. that something you like? I don't I know. I mean, I guess you start out, anybody going into this movie knows that the doll is going to be evil. Yeah. So even though the doll is being friendly to Katie at the beginning, I was waiting the whole time for her to start manifesting the evil that I knew was coming. Like, that's, it's not a Shyamalan. There's not like something that you're not sure about. You sure. know that that's coming. And I never felt super horrified by what she did until, like, the very, very end. Some third act stuff. Yeah. And honestly, one of the most horrifying things she did was that dance because it made absolutely no sense. And I remember seeing it in the trailers and thinking, wow, I wonder where the hell that's going to come from. There's got to be some context, right? And then when it happened in the movie, there was zero context, zero logic. She just does this weird, like, pseudo-sexual dance in the hallway and then chases after the really bad actor boss. I think that that's where we should pivot our conversation to Megan becoming a gay icon. Okay, because she does like this weird campy pseudo sexual da- dance. Is I, that I've, what it's about? I've got a couple resources that I pulled from. First I know of all, you sent me that Guardian article. Did you watch the SNL thing? I did not, but you did tell me about Megan it. Megan 2.0 on SNL. Maybe we'll pull this up too, and this will probably make it so we can't automatically. Is that really what this. it says? So, isn't that the actual name of the sequel? It is, unfortunately. Oh, that's... America has a new obsession, and her name is Megan. Designed to be a little girl's best friend. Don't cry, Katie. Everything is going to be okay. Do you want to dance with me? And protect her at any cost. 
I won't let anything harm you. Megan is a box office powerhouse, but she has captivated one demographic above all. Gay men. Megan is a gay icon. She is the definition of care. Megan's plastic foot is on my neck. So now, we're slapping together a sequel, which promises to be even more gay. Hi, I'm Megan. I'm your best friend, you damn bitch. It's Megan 2.0. Work it out, mother. Strap in, hunty. Annabelle could never. Go, Megan. Go, Megan. I signed up for a 7 a.m. Shania Twain spin class. I should really go home. Should you go home? Or should we go to the drag show at Motherload and get high off poppers? Okay, the queen has spoken. Critics are saying Megan slays literally. Oh, my God. And it's like bros, but for gays. You want a new dance you can do on TikTok? Well, then gag on this. It's the dolls literally giving me life. Well, you know, I have to turn out for my little homos. But seriously, you guys are little homos. Oh so you can say it. If there's one thing gay men love, it's unhinged plastic women. I'm bored. Drive me home. Megan, you messy hoe. I'm obsessed All with right. you. We'll get back to it. I, so, I don't get it. Kelly, it's, it's been a long time since you have, uh, I mean, think gay culture has shifted quite a bit. It in, has. In, in your, I feel uh, like I, I, stayed, I thought I stayed more up with it. Unfortunately, Kelly, you didn't. And it's okay. I don't understand. It's, they've come a long way from just watching Sex and the City with you. Like your gay best friends that you were trying to audition all through college. I mean, you didn't have to audition. You kept trying to have me be your gay best friend. I know. Unfortunately, I know. heterosexual. Yeah, I know. There was a long list, but from Stanley Henley at the Gamer, which I don't know if this is a reliable uh, news outlet, but well, it was I, in I the think... Guardian. The Guardian's reliable, don't you think? I, I, I guess so. Yeah. Um, I think that music was playing over the entire time I was talking. Hopefully it wasn't. But the reason Megan has this queer appeal is twofold. Firstly, she is the sort of well-dressed, immaculately styled bitchy villain we see deliver punchy burns in our favorite sitcoms. Really? She's Chanel Oberlin. Don't know who that is. Blair Waldorf, who I also don't know. And Regina George are the references. Do you know really? those ones? Really? Looking at Dennis. I don't think that she's any of those. Secondly, from her blonde wig to her poofy bow to her energetic dance moves, she's basically a killer drag queen. And I guess I could see that. Okay, so funny story. Hmm? One of my very good friends from college um, texted me last week after going to see this movie. Uh-huh. And said, oh my God, Megan dresses just like you did in college. But do you see that? I don't see that. I don't. That. I'm like, wait, no, I did not. I never had a giant ascot bow no i never and you wore, hardly wore dresses like, like that yeah i don't get it and i never had mary janes i have never owned a pair of marriage actually no i do have some heels okay. mary janes now but i didn't have any in college <laughs> so a trend reporter named connor marie forbes said uh, almost as soon as the film's trailer dropped media outlets and social media users labeled megan a as a queer icon which screenwriter uh Akella Cooper said she did not expect, quote, she was built from the first wire for finger snapping and a chorus of, quote, icon. Did not expect, but then said she was built from the first wire for finger snapping and a chorus of icon. 
Sounds like that was a misquote, mm, maybe. Yeah, or just... GQ argues, pointing to the doll's overt campiness, which makes sense. She dances in a contorted manner, sings a cover of Sia's Titanium, which until today I didn't quite understand. Robots are made of metal. Yeah. That's the name of the song. And then she says, bulletproof, no thanks to you. Fire away. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, really? I, for some reason. Okay. Just well, that's all right. I miss things. I did yeah, miss that yeah. one, but I do miss And she things. wears dramatically large sunglasses. And then Paste Magazine compared Megan's marketing campaign to that of Ma, which apparently has, that... a, has a large LGBTQ what? following, which I don't. I don't quite understand. I feel that. like this is really arbitrary, weird. I think we just dialogue. might be off, uh, off culture. At, I think that maybe people are grasping for something to say about a movie that there isn't much to say. I'm about. telling you, SNL made an entire thing about it, written by Bowen Yang, who I listened to his podcast Los Los Cultures does today. Like I'm telling you, like I think was it maybe a joke on how ridiculous people are being about it being a gay thing? No, no, was absolutely it like a not. double? I mean, in fact, I, I actually printed out oh, no. some tweets about oh, Megan. No. And these were collected by my girlfriend. Um, so oh, Jenny God. Nicholson said, Megan was really good. This is just kind of fun. Someone got dumped at our screening, though, which was weird. Which is pretty funny. That's a good one. Um, this is Trixie Mattel, who is a, a very famous drag queen. Okay. Says, just saw Megan and it was turnt. So... And then Megan responded, always, knife emoji, flaming heart emoji. Okay, hold on, no, 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 no. Can we stop for a second? Yes, of course. Just because, all right. So that's, like, that's one can, example. Can just that's bring, just one know, no, 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 very prominent voice in the community. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if we have, all right, let's pick another community. Um, I had people in our discard, Discord that immediately questioned my take on this. Because, punk musicians, okay? Oh, God. If 12 punk musicians come out and say that they really like a movie, does that mean it is like punk rock movie like no I, I just think i don't know there's something i, that I think does you're not pushing sit... back on something that you might not culturally understand yeah, th it does not sit well with me that just because non-cis people are tweeting about it no these are all mostly okay i see what you're saying yeah yeah that it's this is tom that... tom zor z-o-h-a-r said seated and ready for the major motion picture megan and it's really funny it's a it's uh, Megan's head on top of Nicole Kidman from the commercial. That is the worst commercial ever. I hate that it's commercial. A, it's see, so she, awkward. I don't think that she understands culture. It's this the girl, worst commercial. It's actually one of the best commercials. Oh, I fucking hate it. Every time Sam and I go to a movie, we have another dialogue about how like the script for it just doesn't make sense. I don't think you understand. I don't think you get it. It's supposed to be like, I have a shirt that says somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this, which, which is a near perfect line. Yeah, it's bad. All right, everyone really in the bad. chat, I need to know what you think. Yeah, I need to know what you think, too. Um, this one says, favorite part of seeing Megan was how afterward my fiance couldn't stop bragging about how she'd never get murdered by Megan because, and I quote, I would respect her. The fiance would respect Megan, and that's why she would never get killed. Hold on, wait a second. And who tweeted this? This was... That's a, a gay culture writer, yeah. And this is from Calamari Cockring. They say all this Megan stuff is fun and games till James Corden comes out and makes an uh, comes out at the Oscars dressed as her frowny face. Okay, <laughs> I will tell you this: if James Corden comes out dressed as her, I will accept it. No, as... no, they're saying that's bad. I know, yeah. but my point is, then I would accept it as being like something. I just think that it's weird to say because people that belong to some group like something, it makes it a thing of that group. I don't um, know. Here's I just don't... here's Joe. 
Valles, a New York, uh, New York University professor whose research has explored the links between queerness and horror movies, told Vox that he knew Megan would become an instant gay icon, adding queer men may be reclaiming uh, what has long been socially prohibited, like femininity. What? I don't know what to tell you about this. I okay, really you think know what? Here's that gonna I, be, this I, is going to be my final word on it. Yeah, I think you probably. I don't feel like I'm in a position to say whether it's a gay cultural icon. Exactly. Or not, so not I don't know why you're pushing community. back so much. Well, but, I'm trying to understand it, and yeah. you're you're saying no to it. No, I'm saying I I, I don't buy into it because it, it, I that's not something that I would draw the conclusion of myself. That's all I'm saying. Okay. That's all I'm saying. I would I, I, I would need to speak with a member of the community about it because that is not me. And it's not you. And it's, it's not, not Dennis. But that's why I'm trying. So, yeah. I mean, uh, if we have a listener out there that could maybe take it upon themselves to represent the full LGBTQ plus community and uh, speak to us about it. I would love that. That would be great. I'm doing that would my be very good. damned best. Yeah. 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 Uh, over. What do you feel about this damn fucking thing? It could have been worse if it would have been serious. Uh, it could have been a whole lot better if it would have been shorter. You know um, what I kept thinking? I, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Like the polar opposite of this. Like same kind of like sci-fi, pretty Blumhouse vibe. Oh, I see what you're saying. But like overly serious and yeah. full of like really heavy domestic abuse themes. Yep. This takes the loss of the parents and kind of minimizes the trauma, but not in a, like a way that's intentionally malicious, you know? Yeah, and then it makes us believe that kids get excited over roasted chestnuts. That's No true. child has ever known what a roasted chestnut so is there like, is at there least a, in the last 50 years. I have never had one. Is yeah. there a middle ground here? I mean, I don't really I'm sure know. there is. I'd probably watch the second one out of curiosity. I certainly wouldn't go to the theater to watch it. Uh, I'm more interested in the cultural elements of it. I would like to hear more about that. Um, the dance was really weird. Okay. And I didn't feel much pity for most of the crimes that Megan committed. Mostly murders. And I did there were like a lot of murders. Well, there, yeah, and some say. mutilations. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know. Most of the people she killed, like it was a bit of an anti hero, I guess. Uh I do think my favorite part was actually the end, and it sounds like we aren't doing dead giveaways i don't think so okay unless i mean i really do like the way the movie wrapped up just because i liked our lead child actor i think she did incredible which like, is rare i think lead. that's one thing that seems to be getting better in the universe child actors child actors and horror movies specifically i would say more than half the time now they're decent so and she i felt was like in she the was haunting really of hill house which makes sense like, yeah incredible that's what there. i recognized her from i feel like as well as ready player one she she was just very, very, very good. Oh, and Dr. Sleep as well. So she's a Flanagan crossover here. And I feel like this must have been filmed a little while ago because she at this point is 12. And she was definitely younger than 12 when this was filmed, like by a good shot. She was believable as eight. As the mother of an eight-year-old, I felt like she was very believable. You know what's eight. really interesting? What? Her sister, Madeline McGraw, played Gwen in the Black Phone. No way. Yeah. So this is Violet McGraw. Good family of actors. Yeah. Another Phoenix family out there, maybe. Wonderful stuff. Hopefully really less cool. drug overdose. 
Hopefully. We can all hope for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was it was fun. Watch it at home. Maybe wait until you don't have to pay 20 bucks for it. Yeah. Um, I'll probably see the second one. I'd be It'd be a real shitty year if this makes my top 10, though. Um, I would give... Do you have a high and a low real quick? As above, so below? Yeah, my high was the end, which we can't discuss in detail, but I actually really like the way the movie resolved. Um, my low was... Probably Katie's temper tantrum in like the weird viewing room at Gemma's work. Sure. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was really forced and awkward. Um, After a handful of really good performances. It yeah. Was, yeah. And I felt like that was writing and directing. I don't think that that was Violet's fault. Um, overall, I give... Yeah, I'm not going to be that mean. Overall, Uh-oh. I give Megan 5.9 paper cutter machetes. Great. Second best use of that, next to the faculty, of course. I don't remember how it was used in the faculty. You're, God damn it. I know. I, even Dennis is. It was a Dennis first date. like horror films It was a much. first date movie for me. I don't remember anything. I was All too right. nervous the whole time. Uh, I The second time I watched uh, Megan, I, I mean, I watched in the theaters, and I was... Uh, thought it was bad and then i leave the theater and you told me it was good no i didn't i don't know i, I might have said i think i said we need to cover this because oh maybe that's what that might have been it that's because right. when i got to my car i saw people on twitter like doing flame emojis and stuff people were going crazy it was on it's 90 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah it's a six four on imdb which for a horror is pretty, pretty damn high good. and i kept asking myself what did i miss like what is this for me? Who is this for? And that's like when I started investigating this whole gay icon cultural thing too at that point. Cause I, and I mean, that's, I started digging in and talking to some of the folks in our discord about it. And it turns out I just don't like campy films. I, oh, you like some. I, I mean, never mind. I take it back. The Freddy Got Fingered thing. Yeah, you probably don't like campy films. I'm, I'm, if it comes down to it, I'm going to always say Evil Dead... 2013 over the original i don't like the goofiness and the silliness and that's kind of what is seen in the 80s that i don't like so much hmm. uh but like i i really enjoy allison uh, and i think that violent mcgraw's performance was really she great was in this as well ronnie chang man i have i don't Fire know him. what the fuck happened that was a, one of the weirdest performances i've seen in a bit but like for the most part everyone else did great and the film looked okay it just, it, it wasn't the kind of thing that I enjoy. So even after a second watch today, um, I have a different respect for it. I just don't like it. And for those reasons, I guess my, my, my low is going to be that they abandoned a couple side characters. Hopefully they'll bring them uh, back in, in, in the, the second one. But to abandon the Kurt character in the therapist and then like the neighbor was just used as a prop the entire time. That was just kind of odd thought it was kind of weird yeah but my high is of course that see a rendition in the dance like i gotta say i'm leaning in if oh, if that's so the movie weird. this is i think that that a, a doll whisper singing a, a, a smash hit from the artist sia that's a hoot and then put yourself in my shoes when you realize that it's a song about metal <laughs> <laughs> if you can very believe, proud of you byron if you can believe that 
Very proud of you. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah, of course. But for all, all those reasons I give uh, Man, Meg, M3 and 5.0 ears that Megan and our listeners are going to rip off my fucking head because I'm sorry, guys, they don't get it. And those are our thoughts on uh, Megan. It's available on VOD now, folks. If you missed it in theaters, go watch it now. I want to hear your thoughts. There's a lot of hot takes tonight. So uh, let us know if we're right or wrong. Uh, yeah. Sound off in our social medias at Friday on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can leave a comment below this episode in the show notes at Friday.com. You can say something uh, in our chat here live. And uh, also it's going to be on YouTube for the folks who uh, support us on the Friday Society. You can rewatch the video version of this. Over and over and over. And there's been a little bit of discussion in our uh, Facebook group. In our Discord channel, discord.friday.com, facebook.com slash group slash Friday. But uh, let's uh, let's talk Megan Takes. I think that sounds like a good time now that we've gone VOD. Yeah, I want to hear. I'm going to have to actually jump on Discord and see what people... Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, if you like our show and want to help us make it even better, of course, you can grab something spooky at shop.friday.com. Um, maybe I'll throw in some of these uh, Friday Society matches and with an order. I don't know if we should be encouraging people to burn things. I mean, better now than in the summer, I suppose. Can I put matches in a package? Can you? I don't know. Who cares? Fuck it. Um, I don't know if you can. I don't know. Shop.friday.com. We got all kinds of stuff there. And of course, yeah, Friday Society. Join it at uh, thefridaysociety.org. You get the first 10 episodes there as well. I was going to say you could listen to our review of this gentleman's uh, first film, Housebound, but that is, I think, free and available. I think it might be the first episode that you can listen to. Oh, is it really? Episode Ah. 11. (coughs) Oh, that's fun. Coughed on my dog. That's really interesting. That sucked. I coughed on my dog and I feel bad. But you guys are the best. Uh, This Dennis... Thanks, man. Next time I'm going to... Yeah, you can push that button. Next time I'm going to have some headphones for you so you don't have to sit there in the dark the whole time. But I really appreciate you running the camera. I appreciate the folks at home for tuning in live and listening. This was a ride, Kelly. Yeah. You almost yelled at me again. Yeah. In the middle for no reason. Well, just don't disagree with me when I, you're I, wrong. I was, no one was wrong. As long as you don't disagree with me when you're wrong, you're Kelly, fine. where are you going to be until next week? Yeah. Out of time. The show's over. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Stay scared. We'll time that out better next time. All right, folks. We'll see you Everybody later. Everybody knows where to find us at this point. Anyway. I know. Nobody needs to hear it again. You know what I just realized that we didn't talk about? She was the girl in Dr. Sleep. Still live. I said that. Though. I would say that if it was I live. I said it. That she I, was in Dr. Sleep? I did say that. You did? I'm sorry. I messed up. See you next week. You've been listening to an Audio Wool original produced by Byron McCoy. Theme music provided by Cemeteries. For more programs like this, visit audiowool.co.